this year. Happy New Year, by the way. Second Sunday of the year. It is great to be continuing our series. Are you excited for 2020? Yeah. I think uh, there are going to be some amazing things that happen this year in our church, but also in this service. Uh, at 5 p.m., uh, we're so excited to see what's happening and what's going to happen. It's going to be fantastic. But uh, when we were talking about the start of 2020 and our 5 p.m. service, we thought, how can we kick off the year in the best way possible, in the strongest way possible? What's the best way to do that? And we thought, why don't we spend the first few weeks of the year talking about some of the most important things when it comes to being a Jesus follower and encourage each other around those things and challenge each other in those things and learn together uh, from God's word around those things and kick off the year with a great start and encourage each other to say, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, all right. You're getting there, okay. Hopefully by the end of the series, <laughs> you'll be a little bit more enthusiastic. Yeah, all right. So I'm in. So Joel kicked us off um, last week and uh, talk, uh, talked about community and the importance of community and being a part of a community and what that means uh, in being a follower of Jesus. And tonight, I've got the privilege of speaking on a topic that we don't actually get to speak about a whole lot. Uh, and it's not because we don't appreciate it. It's, it's actually a really important element of being a Christ follower uh, that we believe so strongly here at Dora Pope. It's just we don't often have a whole message about it. So tonight I'm really excited um, to bring you this message and to learn together and to journey through together on what it, what it means to be baptised and what baptism means and what baptism is. Now when I talk about baptism, I know that there are different people in the room. There are Christians in the room who have been baptised, which is awesome. And there are Christians in the room who haven't been baptized, which is cool that you're here as well. And there are people here who aren't even Christians, and that's awesome. And I think if you've been around Dora Folk for long enough, you'll hopefully pick up on the fact that no matter where you are on your journey, no matter where you are on that point, that you are welcome here, that we love having you here, that we will try and go out of our way to make you feel welcome and connected here and to help support you in that journey. And... Uh, so welcome, but um, a couple of those groups of people might be tempted to switch off when we start talking about baptism, because maybe you've been baptized and therefore, you know, it's no longer applicable to you, or maybe you're not even Christian yet, and so therefore it's, that's not your journey yet either, it's not your point, but can I just say, no matter where you are on a journey tonight, I hope that you would lean in, um, because I think there's something for everyone in this. And I think that whether you've been baptized, and maybe tonight I can give you some tools and some words to help express that to someone else and help explain that to someone who might come asking about it, or whether you're not a Christian at all, um, but maybe baptism looks pretty weird from the outside, because kind of, it is kind of a strange thing to, to do. Um, and so if that's the case for you, then hopefully I can give you, again, some, some words, some context, some understanding around that. So maybe it might not be any less weird, but maybe you'll understand a little bit more about why we do it as Christians. Is that all right? So no matter where you are in your journey, I encourage you to lean in and not switch off. So baptism. Baptism. 
What is baptism? Well, baptism comes from a Greek word, baptizo, and that word simply means to immerse, or to dip, or to dunk, or to plunge, or whatever that is. I'm sure you could think of some other words. And that's actually quite literally what we do, of course. We, we dunk somebody in the water. We dip them, we immerse them, we baptize them in the water. And uh, here at Door of Hope, um, practically speaking, we have a baptistry over here, and it's a bit like a really, really basic kind of spa bath for Jesus, uh, just with, with no bubbles, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, we do heat it most of the time, um, when we remember, and when the heater works, um, we, we heat it for you so it's nice and warm, and, um, and, uh, there's, but there's nothing a lot special with the water, it's just plain old tap water, um, we, we put some you know, salts or whatever in to make it clean for you, but, but there's nothing that special about the water, and um, we, we don't need anyone to be anything special to baptise somebody else here at Dorofope, you can... You can have a pastor or a minister or someone baptize you if you like, but you don't have to. You can have a friend or a parent or someone who's had some spiritual significance and influence in your life can baptize you. They don't have to have any special license to do so. And when it comes to the baptism, we have it in a service and we, we show a short clip which explains what baptism is and then you come down into the water and... Um, your, the person baptizing you will, will say a couple of words about maybe how they know you and a little bit about your journey. And, and then uh, they might share a, ba- a Bible verse or a prayer of encouragement with you. Or, um, and then they'll ask you two questions. They'll ask you whether Jesus has been, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and, and to which you should probably say yes, because that's why you're there. Um, and then they'll ask you the question about, you know, is this what you want to be baptized in front of everybody, which again, it would be appropriate to say yes at that point, uh, which would be good. Uh, and then um, that's all you have to say. You don't have to say anything else. And then they'll invite you to, to kneel down and, and put your hands like this. And again, that's nothing that special. That's just to stop you floating away when you go under the water. <laughs> and, and so they'll, you'll, you'll go down like that and then, then your, your friend or whoever will baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they'll, they'll immerse you, they'll dip you, they'll baptise you. And you'll only have to hold your breath for five, ten minutes. And um, it, <laughs> you come back up out of the water and everyone cheers and uh, shouts and claps and celebrates. Sometimes there's party poppers and, and we just celebrate and we party. And that's it. We try and make it as simple and easy as possible because baptism is so important to us that we don't want anything to stop you from being baptized. So that's practically how it happens, and that's how we do it at Door of Hope, but that's, you know, changes and, and is different from church to church. But what's probably a more important question to ask is what is baptism? What, what does it actually mean? And why do we actually do it? So to answer this question, um, a really fantastic verse in, in a New Testament in a book called Colossians uh, explains it really well. And I really like the message version of this. It says, Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as he did Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven, the slate wiped clean, 
that old arrest warrant cancelled and nailed to Christ's cross. How cool is that? So it explains that, that baptism, what happens in baptism is that we are symbolising. When we go down into the water, it's as if our old life is being buried, that, that we have kind of died to our old life and is buried as Jesus was buried. And then when we rise back up out of the water, it symbolises that, that God has raised us back to life just as he did with Jesus, and has given us a brand new, fresh life in Jesus. It's a symbol. It's an external symbol of an internal decision. An external symbol of an internal decision. An internal decision to, to accept what Jesus did for us on the cross, and accept his forgiveness in our lives, accept him into our lives, accept his direction into our lives and to, to commit our lives to him. That's an internal decision. And we symbolize that externally through baptism. Over the last month or so, we've, we've actually celebrated a few weddings in our young adults here at Dora Pope, which is awesome. And as Sam mentioned before, we have Tommy and Jesse Hodgman here for the first time at Undone. Can you give us a wave with your left hands? Left hands. Thanks. <laughs> so, when, when you see somebody with a ring on this hand, on this finger, it's, we, we kind of all know what that means, don't we? It's, you know, fairly safe most of the time. I realise not all the time. But most of the time, it's fairly safe to assume that that means that that person is married. Now, I know Tommy and Jesse have really nice wedding rings because I saw them on the day. But it's... They're an external symbol of an internal decision. An external symbol of an internal decision. An internal decision for them, for the married couple, for Tommy and Jesse, or for anyone who's married, to, to commit the rest of their lives to the other person, to join their life with the other person's life, to, to be there through the ups and downs, to stay faithful, to, to stay exclusive romantically to that one person and to be there for that one person. It's an external symbol of an internal decision. But, you know what? A wedding ring doesn't actually make you married. Thankfully, because Tommy didn't bring his tonight. <laughs> and thankfully, because this is actually my second wedding ring. Uh, my first one I lost at the beach. Yeah. And uh, I was actually really devastated. I did actually cry, for real. It, it meant a lot to me, and um, it lost at the beach. And we spent hours looking for it, and it's probably still there, because we never found it. And uh, it was probably this deep under sand at Olveston by now. But, um, but, you know, I got a second one, and, and thankfully I stayed married, because my marriage isn't dependent, actually, on this wedding ring. Uh, I don't know if you realise this or not, but um, to, to make a marriage formal uh, and legal, um, you need to say your vows, and you need to fill out all the paperwork and sign the forms, and you need, need to have an authorised celebrant to say the right things and all that, but you don't actually need to have a wedding ring. 
you don't actually need a wedding ring. A wedding ring doesn't actually make you married. It's just a symbol. It's an external symbol of an internal decision. But you know what? It's so intertwined with marriage, isn't it? Especially in the Western world, at least, that I cannot even think of a wedding that I've been to where they haven't exchanged rings or exchanged some sort of uh, meaningful emblem like that, symbol like that. An external symbol of an internal decision. Baptism is just like that. And just as connected to a person's decision to accept Jesus. But baptism doesn't actually make you a Christian any more than a wedding ring makes you married. A Christian can be not baptized. (laughs) You don't have to be baptized to be a Christian. There's only one requirement for our salvation, and that is that we believe that Jesus is who he says he is, and that he did what he said he did, and that he saved us. Our faith in Jesus is what saves us, not anything that we do or don't do. That said, it's such an important symbol, just like the wedding ring is of a marriage. An external symbol of an internal decision. They go hand in hand. So, if baptism doesn't save us, why is it even important for a Christian to be baptised? If it's not what actually saves us? That's a pretty fair question, isn't it? I think so. Well, there's one really good reason why Christians ought to be baptised. Do you know what that is? It's because Jesus wants us to. (laughs) Jesus wants us to be baptised. It's actually as simple as that. Um, The New Testament is actually really clear uh, when it comes to this. And uh, one of the main examples we can see this is just the fact that the first thing Jesus did before he started any kind of public ministry was being baptised himself. And we read about this in Matthew 3. It says, Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptised by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptised by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptise him. John was just one of a handful of people at this point who actually knew who Jesus was. All right? So Jesus was the Son of God and the Messiah and the promised Saviour, and, and we know him as that now, but um, at the time there was only a handful of people who knew this, and John was one. So when Jesus came to John and said, baptise me, John was a little bit confused. He said, well, but you don't actually need to be baptised. That would be kind of strange, baptising you in the name of the Father and of yourself and of the Holy Spirit. It's kind of a bit weird. But Jesus said, no, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Because God wants this to happen. It's because we want to fulfill all that God requires. And when we look at Jesus' life now and we we see his life as an example of the life to live, a life that honours God, a life that that loves others, a life um, that is perfect, that we should model our own lives on. But you know the first thing that he did before 
any miracles, before any preaching, before any teaching, before he died on the cross, before he did all that amazing stuff. First thing he did was he was baptized. He didn't need to be baptized, but he was baptized because he wanted to set us an example. He was baptized because he wanted us to be baptized. He wanted to demonstrate that to us. But you know what? It wasn't just the first thing he did before he began his public ministry. It was actually the last thing he commanded before he went back to heaven too. So Jesus dies and and rises again and, and he heads back to heaven and just before he does, he gives one final pep talk, one final coach's you know, ramp up to his team before they went out and played the game. He gave one last strategy. This is it, guys. This is it. And it's called the Great Commission. And we find it in Matthew 28. He told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The Great Commission, this last pep talk by the coach before he goes off and sends his players out onto the field, was, should be, the phrase that shapes our lives as Christians, as Christ followers, as the church. Um, Here at Door of Hope, we... um, Our vision is to be a door of hope through Jesus Christ in a fragile and uncertain world. But the reason that is, is to play our part in fulfilling the Great Commission. That's why we exist, is to fulfill the Great Commission. But do you know what? It is impossible to fulfill the Great Commission and ignore baptism at the same time. You can't actually do that. Baptism is a part of Jesus' final command to us as his followers. Jesus literally bookended his career, his ministry, his most, his, the most important three years of any human being's life in the history of the world were bookended with baptism. Jesus wants us to be baptized. You know, when we decide to become a Christian, when we decide to accept Jesus into our lives and to commit the rest of our lives to him, It would only be natural, wouldn't it, for us to want to obey whatever he says to do out of love for him, out of gratefulness for what he's done for us. Uh, You know, the Apostle John wrote in, in the letter 1 John that this is love for God to obey his commands. And he said his commands aren't burdensome either. This is love for God to keep his commands. You know, there are nine stories in the book of Acts of people who who decide to accept Jesus into their lives. Nine stories. And and all nine of those begin with them um, realizing what Jesus has done for them and accepting that and committing their lives to him. But all nine of them end with them being baptized that same day. All nine of these stories in the book of Acts. There's the story, for instance, of of Peter, and he's preaching to over 3,000 people. It's the very first sermon about what Jesus did for us, the good news of Jesus. And and it says about 3,000 people believed that day, 
and were baptized that day. 3,000 people in one day, a man. Or there's the story of Cornelius, a Roman centurion who believes in Jesus and, and baptizes. Him and his whole family get baptized that day. Or Saul, when he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, he um, accepts Jesus into his life and the scales come from his eyes and he can see again. And he says, the first thing he says is, let's get baptized, let's do it, I'm in. <laughs> or there's a story about an Ethiopian traveler on the road and he, he runs into Philip and Philip talks to him, they have this conversation about Jesus and, and the, the traveler accepts Jesus into his life and he says, hey look, there's some water over there, let's just get baptized now. <laughs> Well, there's the jail scene. Paul and Silas are in prison and, and things get rowdy and the, the ground shakes and there's an earthquake and there's angels and crazy stuff happens and, and the jailer is so afraid that all the prisoners are going to disappear and therefore he's going to get punished like to death uh, that he about, he's, he's about to end it all himself. Uh, but Paul cries out. He says, no, 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 stop. Stop. We're all here. We're not going anywhere. It's okay. You're safe. And, and the jailer says, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says, just have faith in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. You'll be saved. And it says the jailer and his family believed and were baptized. And he uses the word immediately. Immediately. So, yeah, they must have found a bucket or <laughs> a tap or, or something. They were just baptized straight right then and there soon. You see, although baptism doesn't actually save us, it was always designed to go hand in hand with the decision of somebody to accept Jesus into their lives. Always designed to be together. Now, back to the wedding. So Tommy and Jesse, they've done all their official things. They've uh, said their vows to one another and they've signed the paperwork and they're awesome celebrant, they said all the right things, and, uh, um, and it's all finalised, it's all official, and it's all awesome. But imagine for a moment that Tommy thinks, actually, I'm not going to wear a ring straight away, I'm not quite ready for the ring yet. Uh, I'm going to put that off for a little while. Uh, I'm going to wait a few days, maybe a few weeks, and maybe that turns into a few months, maybe that turns into years, and Tommy hasn't put a ring on, it'd be kind of, you know, a bit weird. But what if, what if Jesse really wanted him to wear a ring? Maybe they've done all the official stuff and they are actually married, okay, so there's no doubt about that, um, but, and they've essentially made the biggest commitment of their entire lives to one another and given their entire lives to each other for the rest of their lives, and then Tommy says, oh, yeah, I'm not quite comfortable with the ring part yet. I'm going to put that off. Uh, you know, it doesn't really suit me. It's not my style. Or, uh, or I haven't found the perfect one yet, or the perfect opportunity to do it. Or, or just imagine if Jesse really wanted him to do it. Or just imagine if Jesse had put one on herself and had asked Tommy to do one, would it not be a little strange for Tommy then to decide not to put a ring on? 
and wear a ring. Just put a ring on it, Tommy. Just put a ring on it. <laughs> there are Christians are here in the room tonight, I'm sure, who, for one reason or another, haven't been baptized yet. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, it is not my desire tonight, it's not my aim here tonight, to guilt anybody into being baptized, to shame anybody or embarrass anybody for not being baptized yet or anything like that. That's not my heart and that's not what, who we are as a church. But perhaps tonight, maybe for the first time you've come to the realisation of how important baptism actually is in a Christian's life. How much of an important step that actually is when it comes to our faith journey. Invite the team to come up and we're about to sing again, but maybe for you tonight, maybe whether you've been a Christian for a week or maybe you've been a Christian for 40 years but you've never been baptised, maybe tonight you feel God tapping you on the shoulder saying, maybe tonight's the night. Maybe tonight is the night that you say, I'm in. I'm actually in. God, I want to love you by obeying your commands. And I want to show that to everybody. I want to symbolize that. An external symbol of an internal decision. Maybe a decision that was made a long time ago. But maybe for you tonight, it's finally a chance to decide to put that ring on. <laughs> and you know what? For whatever reason, maybe that hasn't happened yet. And... But we are going to give you the opportunity next Sunday night. We've already planned time in our service in faith that there will be someone here, and if not more than one person, who wants to make that commitment and say, I'm in the baptism this year, and not just this year, but next week. Uh, and we're going to do that over here in our service. We're going to celebrate. And um, can I tell you, there it will be nothing but joy and encouragement and cheering you on. There's no judgment. There's no shame or embarrassment. We just want to encourage you and, and help you be inspired to live a life that Jesus lived and to follow in his footsteps and to express that publicly with this external symbol of your internal decision. We would love that opportunity. And uh, if that's you tonight, I encourage you to come and speak to somebody after the service. We will get you connected in whatever way that needs to be. If you can't actually do it next week because you're away or something like that, we'll book you in a time and we will, make, we'll move anything, any of our plans to make that happen for you because we're just so keen to support you in this way. It's such an important part of a Christian's life. So come and speak to me, come and speak to Sam or Tommy and Jesse, I'm sure would be willing to chat, or anyone else, Sam, or come and speak to somebody. We've got a, a booklet that we can give you to take home if you want to read more about it, um, if you want to think through it for a few more days or whatever, but we would love that opportunity. Tonight, you actually might be, you might be thinking this way, but maybe you're a young person or a young, youngest person, and maybe you're under the age of 18. Um, can I just say we would still love to baptize you and we do still baptize young people in this church and we love to do that um, but we would want to be careful about 
um, honouring your parents and um, making that decision with them and um, whatever that means. And I know that can be tricky sometimes because not all parents understand faith or baptism or whatever, but we would love the opportunity to journey with you in that as well. So don't be shy. Come forward as well. We'd love to chat you and chat to you and make that decision with you and help you through that. And finally, of course, maybe tonight um, you came here and you didn't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. We would love the opportunity if that's you tonight. Maybe you don't just want to say, I'm into baptism, but maybe you want to say, I'm into Jesus and a life with Him in my life. And we would love the opportunity just to pray a very simple but profound prayer with you and to journey with you through some next steps. We've got a great course called Alpha starting in February. We've got Maybe you, you pray that prayer with us and, and maybe baptism is a great next step for you as well. We'd love to, love to get you hooked up with that as well. But wherever you're at tonight, we would love to help you, support you, and just cheer you on uh, like nothing else. Can we just pray before we sing? Lord, tonight we just recognize that you are God, that you're incredible, that you just love us so much. Lord, we thank you that um, it's not through anything that we do that we are saved, but it's only through what you did for us on the cross. And that you raised to life, that you, you defeated death, that death was arrested. And Lord, we just asked that you would continue to speak into our lives wherever we're at in this journey Lord we ask that you'd make your presence known in our lives and uh, Lord we ask tonight that maybe there is someone or even more than one people who are keen to say I'm in to baptism this year I'm in I'm in to this significant step in a life of faith